Hey guys, Michael here with Wedding Videography School. If you're looking for a solid and reliable contract that you can feel good about sending to your clients, look no further than the WVS contract, crafted by a licensed attorney in the state of Colorado. It might just be the best contract for wedding videographers in all of North America, or even maybe the world. Uh, hard to know. Regardless, if you're unsure of whether the contract you're using right now is good enough, go to WeddingVideographySchool.com right now, enter the password podcast, and start protecting yourself and your business today. Hey guys, Michael here with Wedding Videography School. Hope you're having a great week. I know I am. Uh, Today's show is actually supposed to be uh, an episode with Adam and I, um, but I've decided to swap it out with an interview that I did with Chris Fischow of Bells and Whistles Photography and Videography near Miami, Florida. In this episode, I talk with Chris about how he got started in the wedding industry and really all things wedding videography related. And we talk about the Florida market and how it's faring during the coronavirus. I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Chris. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining me on the show today, man. Really appreciate it and always love talking to new people. No, thank you so much, Michael. I'm a big fan of the show. So before we dive into all the questions that I have for you, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got into wedding videography, you know, where you're at, the full rundown, like, like where are you located, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I am fairly new to wedding videography. Um, I've uh, loved photography my whole life. Uh, I've been shooting, you know, movies in the, in the 90s with eight millimeter cameras, you know, little skits with friends and things like that. Um, that, um, I guess the day that I realized that I can shoot anything that looks like, like a professional wedding, uh, like a professional movie was when I, when I got my, uh, when I started shooting with SLRs, I guess about 10 years ago. But, uh, I, I always felt that that was more just like a hack, I guess. It wasn't like a, any kind of a serious way of shooting something. I was, I just bought my, my Canon for photography and I just would, I had all this amazing glass with it, so I would just record videos. But I, I always felt like it was more of a of a workaround, I guess, than than actually shoot, shooting anything seriously. Um, when um, after the birth of our uh, our first uh, child, my wife started a photography company, and uh, she had uh, very early success. Um, it grew a lot faster than we ever anticipated. And she came up with the idea of me shooting video at the weddings. Um, but even when, when she came up with this idea, I thought that, that this wasn't really something you're supposed to do, shoot weddings with SLRs. Or uh, I thought that, that that would just, it was almost like a hack I'd come up with at this point. I mean, I'm talking about maybe, <laughs> this is, uh, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. Um, I guess it wasn't until the, the five, five D Mark four that I started shooting with 1080p 60 frames per second that I, I was just so amazed by the quality that, um, and I mean, I was, I was making little movies around the house with the kids and she said, look, I think you can do this. You can just shoot up, come shoot a wedding with me and see what happens. And I mean, sure enough, uh, we, you know, the start starting slow. We, we came up with some great results and. It's been, 
the company just skyrocketed after that. I mean, it was something we stumbled upon, uh, never anticipated, never in my life that I think I'd, I'd be a wedding videographer, but, but, but here we are. Yeah. What were you doing before this all started? Uh, well, after, after college, I, w I was due, I was an international sales manager for steel wire company. Uh, in Central America and the Caribbean, we had a Miami office that would uh, was in charge of Central America, South America. Um, a lot of travel, kind of like a, a sales job, uh, selling steel wire wire products. Um, after that, um, I was in the uh, private aviation industry doing uh, charter sales, and I'm still I'm still in that industry. I, I, I still I still work in private aviation, um, but uh, this company, uh, Bells and Whistles, is my, my wife really runs. I guess the, all of the back office, I guess, and all of the day-to-day -day of the company. I've become a, you know, shooter editor of weddings. Um, and uh, ever since we've expanded, we've uh, added photographers, videographers, and uh, now we have a nice little, nice little company going. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking, like I always throw on people's videos as I'm talking to them and just kind of mm -hmm. watch, the, watch the video with the sound down. And um, I would definitely describe your style as like very clean. Um, I, I wouldn't even call it bright and airy, airy necessarily. I'd probably describe it as just very clean. It's kind of bright, mm -hmm. but it's, it's very clean. What, where are you guys? Lo I know you're in Florida. Where are you guys located exactly? Uh, we're in Pembroke Pines, uh, which if you're describing to anybody, you might as well say Miami, I guess. So they understand what part of Florida, nice. uh, it's, it's North of Miami, South of Fort Lauderdale. What's the so, average temperature when you're filming a wedding down there? <laughs> uh, uh, it's hell all the time, pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's easily, I mean, 85 degrees any given moment, you know? What do you uh, wear? 90 degrees in the summer. What do you wear on a wedding day? Because, like, I feel like if you're in Florida, you're going to have to dress a little bit different than you would for a wedding in, like, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I usually just wear, like, a uh, uh, buttoned down with rolled up sleeves and I wear a tie most shooters don't wear a tie I just f like wearing ties at weddings I feel like uh, I never know what what kind of wedding I'm gonna run into what level of formality is gonna is gonna be going on so I'd rather just have a tie just feel more comfortable but mo I would say the typical photographer videographer wears a black roll uh, button down shirt with rolled up sleeves no tie that's like the standard uniform I guess of shooters yeah, I never understood the black. Like I know people do it yeah. for like like I get it if you're if you're shooting a music doc and everybody right. backstage is wearing black to not be seen on stage or whatever, but like I never understood it at weddings cuz I don't know, like most of the guests aren't wearing black unless they're wearing yeah. a suit jacket or whatever. So I always just wear like cool light colors to just blend in with all the guests. I totally agree. So, I, I, I feel like it makes you stand out more of anything. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, I always see the photographers in black yeah. and like the background of the shot and they're the only yeah. people wearing black. And I'm like, oh, you'd a, actually blend in more if you did it. I just, I just buy the same white button down shirt. I just have a ton of them and just a few different ties that go with it. But it's always the same, same combination. I, that's why I don't have to think about it every time, you know, and they're good to go. Yeah, I'm a similar. No, I, I have different shirts, but they're all they're all the same make and model. You know what I mean? Right, right, uh, exactly. Awesome. So, yeah, I guess tell me a little bit about your style and like 
how you like how's how has that evolved since when you first started yeah um at first i guess i was more concerned with just coverage you know shooting myself just making sure i get all the shots i need uh not to i mean trying to get the cinematic shots for the video but primarily i was just more worried about delivering them coverage of their wedding i guess early on and then in between all of that just doing my best to get the the, the shots that i was that i was looking for um it's evolved quite a bit i mean at first i would just pretty much have a monopod the whole wedding um and uh i i, I tried using the uh the ronin m at first because that was right around the time when the ronin m came out but it was so complicated to balance it and carry it around and lug it with me that I just, I would most of the time end up not even using it. Um, I, <laughs> I feel like in dude, the last year. Yeah. I, I just have to interject and say that I felt the exact same way. Like I loved the M mm -hmm. um, and I still really like it, but man, like I would find myself on top of a mountain getting <laughs> off of a, getting off of a gondola with this thing and with the stupid stand and that stand was the worst the getting nightmare. up to the top and like balancing this thing on the top of a windy mountain and waiting yes. for it to go, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, and oh, it, might just, I, it might just die on you half <laughs> the shot. Yeah. I just got tired of it, man. So I honestly, that really threw me off as far as gimbals go. Um, yeah. I've got a crane lab three right now that I still oh, haven't I love set it. up. I love it. That's, that is my, that that I, I would say the 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 Gideon Crane three is m the game changer for me. I like the I, concept, but I haven't been able to set it up successfully yet. But to be fair, like I probably haven't tried hard enough yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I feel like gimbals will just leave this bad taste in your mouth. Especially, I guess we were right in that moment where it was such a new thing that yeah, it, it, there was some there was going to be a little period there of a. Uh, getting them just right. But I think, I think uh, Ji Yoon's definitely done something with this one. Um, I think uh, I should have mentioned, I, as far as the evolution, I was a Canon, I was shooting Canon my whole life. Um, and I decided to make the switch to Sony at some point thinking I was going to use all my Canon glass with the, with an adapter, but it, it just, it didn't work out. I didn't like the autofocus wasn't great. So I just ended up doing a full switch to, to Sony. Um, the a7 III on the GUN uh, Crane 3 Lab is just spectacular because it's, it's so light, it, you barely have to balance it. I mean, you can pretty much have it completely off balance. It'll work anyway. And the only thing <laughs> that will suffer is the battery life on the thing. So if you have some spare batteries and you could just switch out and, and you're, you know, like if you would have been on that uh, getting off the gondola, you could have just like winged it and just like put it on there, it would have probably worked. But I yeah, know. we'd yeah. throw new things, I guess. I'm really hoping they beef up the Osmo pocket. Like, just like get back to making those pro versions. Mm. Keep up with like Hasselblad or exactly or Blackmagic, and make like the Osmo pocket cam. You know what well, I mean? I like, wonder I why DJI know. doesn't uh, doesn't do that. They have these amazing cameras on their drones. That why not? Some, why not? Some, why not something similar? I, I I can't help but think that they will. I just I don't know what's going on over there. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Tell me a little bit more about. So your wife does the photography. Yes. Um, when she asked you, like, hey, why don't you come shoot video for weddings? Were yeah. you What was your thought about that? 
I, I thought it was, it, I just thought it was never going to happen. Not only because I felt inadequate at the time, it just seemed like I'm just shooting movies of the kids right now and maybe like stuff, travel videos or whatever, but it just seemed like it was something out of my realm, I guess at the time. I, I didn't even know people were using SLRs. That, that was very, I, I was very shocked by that. Um, but uh, the wedding industry itself, I guess I had a perception that was incorrect. I think um, there was this, I always had the stereotype of the bridezilla, I guess, in weddings or difficult brides, difficult clients. So I thought like, okay, even if I get good at this, do I really want to deal with these kind of clients overly demanding? But I, I have to say, I, I feel like that is just one of the most incorrect perceptions of the wedding industry. I've had a with one or two exceptions, I think every client I've ever had has been really, you know, down to earth, easygoing. Uh, they love the creative process. Um, there's just a, a, a hand, one or two, but I would say the uh, percentage of great clients is, uh, was very surprising to me. Uh, it's, it's not at all what I expected. Yeah. I think we see these shows on t people. I think people, like people always, that's my number one question I get when people find out that I'm in the wedding industry. They're like, oh, you must deal with uh, like a lot exactly. of bridezillas. People always say that. And I'm like, no, not really. No, almost no, never. I, I don't even know that I can say that I've really had one, at least not like one that was like on a TV show kind of a thing. Right, um, right. I've had people that I was like, uh, maybe yeah. you're not like my ideal person, but nobody that was... Like I've really never had anything where it was just out of control. Like people, mm -hmm. you know, you might get somebody that you're like, oh, I don't, I guess I don't really like you that much, but nothing, exactly. uh, nothing terrible. But how involved in the creative process are your clients? Um, do they just kind of let you do your thing? And then like, what's your typical email back from a client once you show them a video? I, I gotta say, I'm always, that's always the most nervous moment, I guess, when I deliver. I always think like, oh, they're going to hate it. They're not. This is not <laughs> what they thought. This is going to be terrible. And then it's, uh, it's typically, you know, oh, my God, we're in tears. We're all watching it. It's great. I, I, it's so rare that they, that they want. So I've had some, if it's a re-edit, it's usually because I focus too much on some family member nobody likes or something. Like, can you just take this person out or that person out or but as far as the the music or the very little re-edits, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm usually fine with doing whatever little extra re-edits they want to do anyway. I'm always expecting it, but it's usually, they're usually pretty accepting of what I deliver, I guess. Yeah, I find that too. Like most people are like, great, we love it. And some people mm -hmm. will like really gush and go on and on about how much they love it. And I'm like, oh man, like. That's awesome. And then there's some people right. that are like, we love it. Thanks. And that's it. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm like, Oh, do they mean it? Or is there something I could have done better? Or right. <laughs> you always do the thing where you start second guessing yourself a little bit, but Oh yeah. I live um, in that state. And then I have a couple clients. Like I had a client like two weeks ago, asked me to change all the music in a video. Oh, um, which I was surprised by because like the clients are actually really nice and they didn't actually strike me as the kind of clients that would, ask for revisions right um until they did and then i yeah. i made the revisions and worked with them and now they're super happy um mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i i get the nervousness man every i sent a video out uh two days ago and 
or three days ago and didn't hear back until yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I like the more time that passes between the time you send the video and you get the response, the more yeah. you're like, Oh man, I'm going to be re-editing something, you know? Yeah. Something's off. Something's off. And I'm, I'm, it's like, I'm just waiting for the, like the big list of changes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I always right now feel like, typing it up. I always feel like the changes are always, like they very rarely do they make the video better. They just make it different. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I, I hate re-edits, but I do oh, them. Yeah. I do them, but I, I hate them. So. Same here. I just want to move on. I, <laughs> I know. I want to move this, on to the next one. And I have this huge backlog on editing because uh, even though we, we have several video shooters now in the company, I do all the editing uh, mainly to keep like a cohesive you know, so our work is more cohesive on our site and what we deliver. That way I can tell them, look, what's on our website is what you can expect. You know, these guys know how to shoot. I know what I'm going to edit. And also because I am trying to get better at it anyway. So um, there's so much that, that, that I want to get better at as far as editing goes that um, I feel like the more I do, the better I'm going to get anyway. Um, but that, you, that's... Do you hire, like, are your, the people that you hire, are they on, like, a salary, or are they um, just, like, contract workers that you hire? All, all, all contract, all contract. All work. contract, and, yeah. and do you pay them, like, uh, like, how does the payment work with them? Do they come up with their own prices, or how does that work? I feel like the market here has a, a very standard rate for, for, uh, for shooters. Uh, if you're a first shooter, usually it's $80 an hour, regardless if it's photo or video. And that just hold, seems to hold true, you know, if you're at a certain level, that's pretty much what people charge and they expect it. Um, uh, that's usually what it is. Um, and that's just, you know, they just deliver you, they deliver the, all the raw footage. And uh, but what we've developed is a, a workflow with the guys where they, they know exactly what we're looking for. They know what to, what to shoot. And then the way they deliver the files is also in a way where it helps me kind of get the editing going a little faster the organization and labeling of all the files. That's awesome. I, so I'm getting all these emails all the time from all these little, mostly Mm -hmm. overseas, but all these like little wedding editing, like people and like companies that want to like edit my videos and want me to outsource. Yeah. I haven't pulled the trigger on anything yet because I I really do kind of want to find somebody local Mm -hmm. who wants to do that kind of stuff for me. So if anybody out there is in uh, Colorado and you want to, team up and you're a badass editor and you're better than me, then please get in touch. <laughs> I want, I actually yeah. want to find someone who's better than me at editing. Um, I, I think that's a good idea finding someone local. Uh, we, we do most of the photo. My, uh, my wife, Sarah does most of the photo editing, but when it, we get a big backlog, we share some of the editing, but it's mainly our other shooters doing it. And really what the cost is not too different. I mean, it's a little more than sending it to like an editing a big editing mill or something, but, uh, but it's worth it because it's, uh, it, it, communications easier, you know, that it's, um, yeah, so I think going local and maybe just spending a little more is definitely worth it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like sitting here watching some of your stuff and, um, what, what is the typical price point of a wedding down in Miami? Cause I feel like you have probably a lot of really down to earth kind of everyday couples. And then I'm watching this wedding that's like held in like a massive, like it almost looks like a mega church or something like that. Um, Oh yeah. The, it's very posh and very like, 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Almost like intimidating, like not the kind of wedding that I typically shoot. <laughs> exactly. No, I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah, it almost looks like a, like a TV production of a wedding kind of thing because of the, right. the, the openness of that, uh, <clears throat> that church. Uh, the thing is, it, it, the market itself is funny because it's because it's South Florida, there's tons of destination weddings. So they don't know what to expect. You don't necessarily know what to expect on the type of client that it is. Um, and the price points vary quite a bit. But I would say that we are very, very fairly priced, uh, you know, very fairly priced relative to our quality. Um, I would say, and what I tend to do, and this, this is where my flexibility is with doing photo video. I, if I really want a certain client, uh, I can really not mark up the photography all that much. You know, uh, if I'm, if I'm using one of our contractors just to kind of win it, because I know these photographers are going to do an amazing job. I know they're going to be great. Um, I have no, and then we're just going to edit the photos, deliver. I know it's not going to be some big headache or something. So it's not going to be that much work on our end. So if I really want a video client, I'll really lower on the photography side. So I would say we, we would do a wedding that's photography and videography all in for $4,000 and any given day, I guess. And that's, you know, including, uh, I include everything in my pricing. I don't separate the drone or the, uh, the full length movie. Uh, everything is, everything comes all in one package. I, I feel like, um, that makes it a, takes a little bit of the pressure off because, uh, you know, we can't always, I would say 90% of the time I, I do use the drone, but you can't always do it. So, um, also I feel like I want to deliver the best possible movie. I want to have the drone, you know, I want to have all these elements, excuse me. So yeah, I would say $4,000 is the most typical photo and video package. When you, um, I agree, man, I don't really like to price things out separate one. Cause I like to keep things super simple for me, but also cause I like to keep things super simple for the client. Mm -hmm. Like I used to have, so people are always like weirded out when I'm like, I only have one package. <laughs> like right. people are used to having tears and mm -hmm. I don't because it was always such like I had to get in a different headspace to edit like a longer, like 15 minute cut versus uh, my standard seven minute video, which mm -hmm. I could just, I could just run through them like every week. Well, before I had my second kid, I could just run through them. Right. Um, oh yeah. And it was crazy, man. Cause like I would sit there and I'd bang out a seven minute video and then the next week it was like, oh, I've got to do this 15 minute one. And I mm -hmm. always regret, I was like, I hate doing these longer ones. Like I'm not good at them. They move too mm -hmm. slow. And then I'd spend two weeks working on that one. And I'm like, this doesn't like, I could, I could just get way more done if I was, you know, if I just had one package where I just was doing the same thing over and over yeah. and over and over. Yeah. So that's what I did. I kind of streamlined my stuff that way. So I'm a big mm -hmm. believer in, in include. And you know, I, I was saying like, I include things in the packages that way. I don't have to like try to remember, Oh, this person had this option and that option and this right. option. And I get it. I could just take notes, but I don't want it. It's like a different headspace, right? Yeah. Like, I just want to stay in that same focused place mentally. Yeah. Um, and I also, I feel kind of weird about delivering just the highlight video. I feel like what, so all this footage of somebody's wedding is going to die on a hard drive somewhere. 
Yeah. So what do you deliver? That's, that's a great point. What do you deliver to the client? I I deliver a full length movie, which depending on the the wedding itself could be anywhere between an hour and a half to two and a half hours. And what does that look like? Like, how is that, how does that put together? I, I give them as because I always feel like it's so rare that they'll say you gave me too much or I, or I don't like that you give me all of this. The long movie, they're just gonna, it's just going to be their immediate family, if even that watching it, you know. Um, so I just try to leave in as much little behind the scene moments. I, 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 it's pretty much the whole thing on a timeline, taking out, um, taking out things that don't don't look right, don't make sense. Anything that's, that could be even slightly interesting, I, le- I leave in there. Um, then the ceremony itself, I just, I, I do the full ceremony, full speeches with like, with a, you know, like a multi-cam setup. Um, I guess I, I start the process from the full movie and then I just kind of like bring it down to, to the highlights. So I'm always I'll curious hi- about those longer movies because I just have never done them. Mm-hmm. Are you putting music under those? Are there transitions? Yeah. Like how, like what kind of editing is being done on those? Yeah, I know you it, said it, you just throw everything on a timeline, but I assume it's not just uh, I guess what I meant by the timeline. No, I guess as far as the time, it'll be a, like it, it'll be a chronological order of the day, but the important moments, like say like the, the ceremony, the speeches, the entrances, I just do a, a tight edit of all those important moments. Uh, so I'll, I'll have usually like a, a, or two or three cameras set up for this, for the ceremony and a two camera set up for the speeches. And then I give them the, you know, the full, that full period of time cutting back, you know, their reaction, the speaker's reaction, um, that, I guess I start the whole process by making that long movie. Uh, those important moments are tightly edited. The rest is just them hanging out with their friends and they're getting ready. If it's just them doing whatever funny thing, I just leave all that in. If it gets a little boring, it lags. I'll just start cutting those things out. Anything that could be watchable, I guess, for the, from the point of, but I'm only thinking of the point of view of the bride and groom uh, as the audience. Like, would they want to, to see this extra piece or, or that? You know, I just, if, if I think, yeah, they might. I'll leave it in because worst thing to get just fast forward uh, or just click ahead or whatever, um, as opposed to, oh, why didn't, you, why didn't you get this piece or that piece? Why is this missing? That never happens because they, look, it's all there. Even in the highlight video, if everybody's like, oh, what, what about this part? Like, oh, I'm going to deliver a two-hour movie where you're going to have just about everything. Uh, and to your other question about uh, music, I, I do, and I actually start testing out the music I want to use for the highlight video in the longer one. So I just kind of, if it's... Um, let's say I'm just doing like the bridal session, uh, a lot of slow-mo stuff or stuff that I don't necessarily need. Um, I want to have their audio. I'll just take the audio down and just start playing with music and just like leave more of that stuff in there. So it's almost like they get these little extra highlight videos within, you know, like, cause sometimes I can't decide what I want to cut, you know, cause you, if you have a really good wedding, you have all this great footage, I'll just test it in that long one and I'll test the, music with different types of things and that gives them different uh, i guess a different feel uh so it's kind of it, that long movie kind of becomes like a i guess like a little a, a little lab for the for the highlight video to see what uh, what works what works best got it i i really like the drone shots that you get they're all like i mean and maybe it's just because i don't get to the beach nearly enough <laughs> um so i love seeing all the boats and the water and all that kind of stuff when you fly, like, where do you fly from? Are you finding 
just like little places where you'll be left alone or do you just like take off from like a beach or something? How, how does that work down there in Miami? I, I just, I just take off. I just make sure I always do the little unlock with DJI because down here, just about everything is, is locked. We're always near, there's like three international airports nearby. So where I just have to always make sure I unlock. Um, and I will just find the moment in the day where I'm not, Wherever I am, if there's any kind of space, I'll just take off and, and go, you know, just because I really, really always want to get, I feel like that, 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 that establishing shot with the drone, it, it, it elevates the video so much right away. I always want to get something, you know, even if I can only fly for a couple of minutes or whatever, um, I, I always do my best to do it. I, I've done it in the, under the, you know, where there's a ton of people either fascinated by what I'm doing or a few people like extremely annoyed by what I'm doing. You know, I try to try to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You almost have to put on this, like, I read this book about um, shooting film once, like actual photography film. And there's this part of the book where he's talking about going through airport security with all his film and they have to check each individual TSA has to check each individual canister or whatever. And it always makes the people in line behind him upset because he brings so much film with him. And mm -hmm. he just is basically like, I'm intimidating. I can't remember his name. Let's say I'm, in, I'm intimidating Dan or whatever. And intimidating Dan doesn't care about what anybody else thinks. He <laughs> almost like takes on this other persona. Right. Of, like right. I'm now I'm this person who doesn't, right. you know, like I don't give a shit about anybody else. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I almost feel like that with like drone stuff. Cause I can't tell you how totally. many times I've been approached by, I, I'll get those people, which ugh, I hate, I just hate being approached no matter what, even if they're super nice. Cause I'm like, well, I, I'm working. Like I got to get this thing. I'm trying to be focused. Um, and then you, sometimes you'll get the person that's like annoyed, like, right. like you're really somehow inconveniencing them. Um, right. What, <laughs> it's like, you're the one coming up to me. I don't know how I I'm know. inconveniencing you. You can keep going. Uh, so yeah, I, I always try to be, uh, like bad bad boy right or whatever my <laughs> i want to remember that becomes <laughs> i want to remember that just split the switch because because that's the thing too i have so little time usually to get the drone shot and if the weather's just right if you're in the perfect place i'm just like i have five minutes to do this i'm just gonna do it and somebody yep. comes up and it's like can i look at the screen can i see what you're doing can i and then it's like and i'm because i'm too nice i'm like I'm like too scared. Like, I don't want to say no. So I'll actually be showing it to them and I'll be like, oh, I'm losing time. I have to be doing this. Yeah, I know. I'm, yeah. I'm too nice too, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Uh, same, what, same here. So what's going on? We got to talk a little bit about, you know, before we wrap up here, we got to talk a little bit about the, the Florida market and what's going on mm -hmm. down there with coronavirus. Um, yeah. I, I assumed and maybe incorrectly that you guys were going to be pretty unaffected just because the weather down there is so much warmer mm -hmm. and they're saying like, well, maybe this thing that maybe this virus doesn't really do so hot in warm weather. Um, but I also, I also forgot that you guys have a huge like retirement population Right. right. So if this is affecting older people much more than younger people, then I would assume there's probably going to be laws put in place to prevent, you know, older people from getting sick. And I'm just wondering what that's doing to your business, what, how that's affecting the industry down there. And 
uh, I'd just love to hear any, any insight you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, luckily, um, we've had, I would say 90% postponements, uh, about 10% cancellations. Um, and I think one of the benefits of having, you know, a, a team at this point is that we've been able to accommodate very popular dates with multiple weddings now because of all the uh, postponements. Um, I think one thing that's different with our market from, from yours is that we, um, our high season was kind of like winding down when this, when this started, or it was, it was still, we were still in our high season, but it was probably coming to an end, um, maybe like sometime in May, uh, early to mid May. Our so I, we got the bulk of our high season where I think you guys, you were just going into your high season in Colorado. Is that right? Yeah. Um, my high season is typically like, it kind of starts in May. Actually it starts a little bit in April and then it starts to pick up a little bit more in May. And then by the time June rolls around, we're up and going June, July, okay. August, September, October. And then in November, it kind of mm. drops off and yeah. then we wait another, you know, five months until the season starts up again. Yeah. Um, as far as rules, uh, the most venues are starting to open up already. Um, I guess because it's Florida and things, Florida, I think things are a little crazy here and they just kind of like throwing caution to the wind to some degree. What venues are reopening. Um, so we're starting to see some activity. We're starting to see bookings go up, uh, for next year. Finally. Um, it was a big, you know, very quiet, scary period there. I think most of April, I would say. Um, our bookings are looking pretty good already for 2021. Um, most of the rest of this year is pretty much all of the postponed weddings that have been shifted to October, November, December. Um, so, um, but it looks like venues are just starting. It looks like each venue has started to set, has begun to set their own rules as to how they're going to handle this. They just, um, lowered the total number of guests that, uh, any wedding can have. Um, I guess they have some kind of space regulations and distance regulations, but it's still very unclear. Um, I have, I'm getting, uh, leads for weddings, you know, next week and two weeks, people who are, because it, it, they just opened the beaches again here, um, this past, uh, day before yesterday. So all of a sudden people feel like, oh, well, we could just go back to normal. I mean, it's Florida is a strange state, you know, so. Um, it seems very chaotic, I would say, uh, we're every day. We're just trying to find out what we're just following the lead of our, whatever our client's lead is at this point. Yeah. Got it. I, I'm looking through your videos and there's this one called Lorinda and mm -hmm. I'm going to say it wrong. Milligrass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Milagros, yeah. it's, it's a same cup, same sex couple wedding. Yeah. I've never done one. I've had a couple inquiries. Mm -hmm. I've never done one. Have you found that it's different doing a wedding like that versus just your traditional male, female wedding? You know, I haven't done too many, but in all the ones that I've done, um, hey man, it, it feels very much the same. Uh, and there's this very supportive element of all of the guests, you know? So it, there's a, they're, they're some of the happiest ones I've shot in the sense that I feel like maybe because for a same-sex couple, it's been 
it's such a new thing that they can even express themselves in a wedding. You know, it's something that's only been, it's newer to our generation or to this last 10 years. So um, there's this very like feeling, they're just very happy weddings. Um, some of my favorite actually. Um, that one in particular that you mentioned was shot by, uh, by Nuncio, one of our shooters. And, and I edited uh, this one in particular, but um, yeah, it's funny. Some, it, a funny thing, we've done a few same-sex uh, weddings and there's been some that we didn't even know that it was a same-sex wedding until the, the day because uh, the name, it seemed like a male-female name or we just, it never came up, you know, and they just, for whatever <laughs> yeah. reason, they didn't bring it up. And uh, there, there was even one where, where my, my wife, uh, we were, this was actually just photography because sometimes I'll second shoot, she'll do first shoot and I'll just do second shoot or photography. And she, we weren't sure. I, I went to what was clearly the, the groom's room, but then what was described as the bride's room because um, they were describing it as a, a bride's groom. And, and I'll never forget the, 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 the guy's name was, um, well, I'd rather not, let me not say the guy's name, but sure. um, it sounded like a, it sounded like a female name and it wasn't until she entered the room that it became clear that it was, that it was, it was going to be two guys, you know, and she just had to kind of, I mean, you, you figured it would say something, but I guess, um, I mean, it was, I mean, it's just funny how somewhat, some couple, I guess what I'm trying to say, some couples communicate weekly leading up to the wedding, every yeah. detail up to the, we want, are you going to be sure that you're going to be able to film the invitation, everything. <laughs> and some won't even tell you that's a same sex wedding, like all the way. Yeah. Up the yeah. Well, I was looking through, I really like the dancing shots. Um, they're really saturated, really colorful. And. There's a great moment at three uh, three fifteen in where they're walking like it must be her grandpa or somebody onto the oh yeah yeah onto yeah. the onto the dance floor and he looks he's just so happy yeah, um, yeah. it's only a couple second shot but uh, it's just a great shot so um, before we before we get going um, God I I had another question and I forgot but maybe I'll I'll Maybe I'll think of it when mm -hmm. you're telling me a little bit about where people can find you, um, get in touch with you, send you messages, flowers, maybe you might get some flowers <laughs> from listeners. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> where can, where can people find you, man? Uh, well, our website is, uh, bellswhistlesphoto.com. Um, the, on Instagram, our Instagram handle is bells underscore photography, uh, I'm sorry, bells underscore, uh, whistles underscore photography. Got it. Uh, um, I like that Instagram is pretty good about helping you find somebody when you, when you type it in. <laughs> exactly. I, I forget our handle apparently. So <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll find it guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do, re I do remember at least one question I had. Um, yeah. Shout out to Denny, by the way. I saw you use a lot of smoke bombs in this video, and you were telling me right before we got on the call that Denny Kremblis, our Buffalo videographer that we interviewed a few episodes back, he uh, he kind of gave you that idea. Yeah, um, yeah. Love that uh, Buffalo Bills sequence uh, that uh, before the wedding. That was definitely an inspirational one there. Yeah, if you guys uh, don't know, then just search for the episode with Denny Kremblis. Um, 
who are some people that I know you, you started not that long ago. So I mm -hmm. imagine when your wife said, Hey, why don't you shoot some video? You probably went online and tried to find people whose videos you liked that you could kind of learn something from. Is there anybody out there whose work that you really enjoy um, mm -hmm. that we should all check out? Yeah, I, I think early on when it was when it was me doing like slider shot after slider shot, uh, I was watching a lot of uh, Craig's Craig Adams' work. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? Uh, I also like uh, Matt Johnson. Yep. Uh, and uh, I I love all the Colorado stuff. You know, you were mentioning earlier that you like the the beach drone boat stuff. Well, I like the mountain spectacular mountains, you know, sunset shots, you know? So, um, you know, your co-host, uh, Adam Bradley's great. Uh, I definitely get a lot of creative ideas from him and, uh, and yours. I love your work, you know? So I think, I think those, that those might be some of the top ones. And then just, I'm sure forgetting a ton of names right now, but, uh, for those of you who can't see the, uh, the video call, I'm forcing, Chris here to say that he likes my work. So, <laughs> yeah. um, well, awesome, man. Yeah. It's been, it's been great talking to you and, uh, thanks for taking the time, man. We, we really appreciate it. And hopefully, hopefully the listeners got a little peek into what's going on down in Florida and maybe even gleaned a little, uh, gleaned a little knowledge and hopefully took something good away from this. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, that was my conversation with Chris. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please let Chris know. Hit him up on Instagram and uh, definitely share this episode with a friend who needs to hear it. Until next time, guys, later. Hey guys, this episode of Wedding Videography School is brought to you by photographers wearing wide brim hats. Uh, photographers wearing wide brim hats is the nation's number one wedding photography company. And for good reason, uh, they are clearly the most creative, most unique uh, individuals out there. And their photography is so creative, I can't even begin to describe how creative it is. That's how creative it is. If you guys are working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats, then you're probably not working with the best photographers out there. So, um, you know, whether you're having a wedding, a birthday party, uh, or you're taking your kids to school or you're hanging out at home or going to the bathroom, you know, all things that you want photographed creatively, um, it should be done by photographers wearing wide brim hats. A lot of you guys, I know you're working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats. They might not be wearing hats at all. And um, that's a problem. If they're not wearing a wide brim hat, I don't know what the point of them even picking up a camera is. But when you work with photographers wearing wide brim hats, you know that you're always getting someone who's going to uh, give you the most incredible shots that you could imagine. So for your next event, whether it's a wedding, a birthday party, a family reunion, uh, your mom's pap smear, whatever the event 
Make sure that you hire photographers wearing wideburn hats um, to get the most creative still images captured, you know, one frame at a time. And that's what that's what photography is. It's, you know, you hear the click, click, and you know you got one frame. And then you hear another click. Sometimes you hear eight clicks in a row, like click, 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 click. Uh, that they just got eight pictures and maybe one of them is good probably not but the photographer wearing a wide brim hat they are going to call those photos later on and you know really really select the eight or six shots that they got from the entire day um, that they stood in front of the videographer to get and they're gonna they're gonna edit those down into something truly magical probably um Probably just two 8x10s that you can put in the living room next to the closet door. So give photographers with wide brim hats a call today and book them for your next event.